Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 9, and I'm drinking Tuwaka Originale Italiano Liqueur. I like to start each episode reminding my listeners why I produce this podcast and what you can expect. I love the flavors and complexity and the stories behind distilled spirits, and so Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur is the way for me to keep a New Year's resolution to myself that I've made several years running, which is simply to drink more. And so that's why I'm creating this show. And as a listener, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, hopefully entertaining, as well as consistent in my reviews. Why did I choose Tuwaka for episode 9? I have my good friend Tara to thank for introducing me to the liqueur. It's her favorite drink, and prior to her introducing me to it, I don't know, probably eight or more years ago, I had never heard of it. But with her recommendation of it being vanilla, I had to give it a go. So let's get on to tasting this. But before I open the bottle, Tuwaka is sold in a 750 milliliter bottle. It is 35% alcohol by volume, making it 70 proof, and it sells for about $20. But what is Tuwaka? Tuwaka is a brandy base with citrus and vanilla. All right, let's open it up. Classic metal screw cap as always. I'm always using a nosing glass for this, and that's a tulip-shaped glass that is typically used in whiskey tasting. It allows aromas of the spirit to kind of gather at the top. I also always taste neat at room temperature. On the nose, the first flavor I catch is butterscotch, which is a little surprising to me. But definitely there's vanilla. Yeah, it's kind of a caramely butterscotch, a little bit of citrus in there, but yeah, on the nose, first thing I'm catching is butterscotch. And then the glass, the color is very kind of a orangey caramel color. You've got some alcohol tears, you know it's alcoholic, but very clear with a kind of a caramel color. So let's give it a taste. It's complex. As with most liqueurs, flavor profile changes as you swish it around on various parts of your tongue. Definite strong vanilla, a creaminess flavor to it. I'm not really tasting a whole lot of citrus notes. Uh, definitely some brandy flavors, but yeah, I mean, it's it's warming and, and quite good. I pick up much more of the citrus as kind of an aftertaste after I've swallowed the, the liqueur. So now on to the history, the story of Tuwaka. Legend has it is that the recipe for Tuwaka dates all the way back to the 15th century and was blended to commemorate Lorenzo de' Medici. And Lorenzo was referred to as the Magnificent. He ruled over Florence, Italy in the 15th century and was purportedly a generous benefactor of artists who ultimately defined this kind of very remarkable time in the 15th century. I've had the privilege of visiting Florence in my lifetime, and I've seen Michelangelo's David, which is the big one you've got to see in person when you're in the city. But also one of the other notable things I took away was seeing the Cathedral of Florence. It's made with a green and pink marble that gives it a really decidedly festive look that's not typical of other medieval or, uh, you know, period churches that you'll see throughout Europe. So that was quite amazing. 
So if Lorenzo de' Medici had influence over artists, it's something that you still see evident today in Florence, centuries later. But anyway, Lorenzo de' Medici had said that this recipe was created to honor him and somehow survived for 500 years. So the story goes. Then in 1938, brothers-in-law Gattiano Tuoni and Giorgio Canepa recreated the recipe and named it Tuaca, which was a combination of their last names. But this kind of skips over some of the evolution of the product that we know today. And Tuani and Canepa already ran a distillery. They produced Sambuca and some other products. So Tuwaka was something new in their product line. It wasn't their entry into the distilled spirits business. And in 1938, the product was far from what we know it as today. The liquor originally was introduced and sold as milk brandy or brandy milk. It was made with fresh milk, brandy, and vanilla. And to me, that just kind of sounds gross. I'm not a milk drinker, so maybe I'm jaded, but brandy, milk, and vanilla doesn't necessarily sound good. Perhaps it'd be all right, but not at all what we know Tawaka as today. The milk was soon removed, and the product was reformulated, and it got a lot closer to Tawaka as we know it currently. It was brandy with Mediterranean citrus and vanilla, and the liqueur became known as Tawaka then. However, as I mentioned, they named Tuwaka as a combination of their last names, and they spelled it T-U-O-C-A. The story continues that during World War II, U.S. soldiers stationed in Italy really kind of developed a taste for Tuwaka, and upon returning home, they couldn't find it stateside. But in the late 1950s, a U.S. importer in San Francisco started bringing the product into the U.S., Apparently, the market was big enough that they chose to actually rename it, and they removed the O, put an A in, giving us Tuwaka, as we know it today. And probably that changed the pronunciation a little bit, or just aligned it with English speakers. Throughout the 1970s and 80s, Tuwaka was referred to as Tuwaka Demisec Liqueur. Demisec is a wine term. They're French words that translate to half-dry in English, but half-dry essentially means kind of sweet. So it's not a dry wine, but it's not super sugary, but it's kind of sweet. So Tawaka Demisec liqueur was a Tawaka kind of sweet liqueur. And in doing my research, I even found a 1975 print ad that had a phonetic pronunciation of Tawaka to be sure that you're pronouncing it as I am, which is Tawaka. And then in 2004, Tuani and Canepa Distillery was taken over by Brown Foreman. Brown Foreman is a Kentucky U.S. based spirits giant. They own a lot of brands, most notably Jack Daniels. And up until March of 2010, Brown Foreman apparently just owned Tuwaka, and the product was still distilled in its hometown where it was originated, which is Livorno, Italy. But at the end of March 2010, the plant was shut down entirely, and production moved to Kentucky, USA. And with the move to Kentucky for production, they made a few changes to marketing, one of which was to say it was Italian-styled rather than kind of truly Italian. And Brown Foreman was the sort of custodian of the Tuwaka brand for a dozen years until March of 2016, when Sazerac acquired Tuwaka from them. Sazerac got Tuwaka along in a package deal with Southern Comfort, which is a brand I'll be featuring in a future episode, but it was in a deal worth about $544 million, so Southern Comfort and Tuwaka were quite valued together. Don't know the, the split between the two. Probably Southern Comfort had the lion's share of that, but anyway. Sazerac apparently had tried to acquire Tawaka as early as 1998, but were unsuccessful until 2016 when they were able to buy it from Brown Foreman. 
and Sazerac had been kind of on a growth and acquisition streak for some time. Sazerac also is one of the two largest spirits companies in the U.S. with annual sales around a billion dollars. They were founded in 1850, so they're a very storied brand. The current Tuwaka I'm drinking now under Sazerac's ownership is actually a product of Canada, but the label clearly states on the front it is made with imported Italian brandy, and that in fact is true. However, before I get to talking about production methods and how Tuwaka actually is, is made, there's an entire Brighton, England tangent that I cannot ignore in the story of Tuwaka. So Brighton, England is a seaside town that's almost directly south of London. It's home to two universities, and it's purportedly a resort town. I've never been there yet, but someday maybe. However, Brighton absolutely loves Tuwaka. It was described in an article that I'll reference in uh, the show notes that it is uh, Brighton's spirit spirit. (laughs) It's said in Brighton that 95% of the bars and restaurants will serve Tuwaka, that it's everywhere, and the the city loves it. The story of how Brighton came to love Tuwaka is rather interesting. The story goes that a guy named Sammy Barry in the 1990s had been living in the U.S. and presumably enjoying Tuwaka. When he returned home to Brighton, he couldn't find Tuwaka because it wasn't available in his country. So he ended up uh, placing some bets with some friends to see who could procure Tuwaka first, and the, the winner would get an expensive bottle of champagne. Well, somebody did the obvious thing and simply ordered a case from the distillery in Italy and had it shipped over. Uh, They paid about 400 and some odd pounds for it, which is a fairly hefty price if you're translating that to U.S. dollars, especially in the 1990s. But anyway, they got a case of Tuwaka shipped into Brighton and won a bottle of champagne, I suppose. So with their newly acquired kind of gray market import of a case of Tuwaka, they took over the St. James Tavern. And at the tavern, they served Tuwaka, and it apparently was a hit. The St. James Tavern reportedly still has a placard uh, mounted on the wall that says this was the first bar in Brighton to serve Tuwaka. And within a year of them bringing Tuwaka in, it proliferated and was found on all the menus everywhere. And nobody's really sure why Brighton loves Tuwaka so much. There's a number of theories, but uh, nobody really can agree. It's just kind of, it's found its niche, and Brighton, England is a hot spot. They drink more Tuwaka in that city than anywhere else in the whole of England. So, how is Tuwaka made? Long story short, I'm not entirely sure. But what I do know is that Sazerac reformulated Tuwaka in 2017, kind of a year after they had acquired it from Brown Foreman. When Brown Foreman shut down the Italian plant and moved production to Kentucky, they were using a California brandy for the brandy base of the liqueur. Sazerac, however, reformulated and they started importing Italian brandy that's aged 3 to 10 years and then infusing that with citrus and vanilla. They're doing it in one of their Canadian distilleries. The back of the label on the bottle says a product of Canada, so they're presumably bringing some Italian brandy into Canada, doing infusion and bottling, and then importing into the U.S. and distributing through the rest of the world. My hunch is that Tuwaka is not entirely brandy. 
brandy that all of the alcohol content does not come from imported Italian brandy. My assumption is that they're using brandy to flavor it, but also just kind of mixing it with a neutral grain spirit, mostly a vodka in theory, to kind of get it to the proof and blend it for the taste and flavor that they're going for with the product. Sazerac also updated the bottle and label design in 2017. Prior to that, under Brown Foreman's ownership, it was a kind of a more modern kind of vertical label on the bottle that said Tuwaka. Sazerac changed it to nod more to the Italian heritage. They added the winged lion, which is a classic Italian symbol of strength. So the Tuwaka available on the shelves today is uh, true and true Italian. There's some Italian in it, and it's got the Italian heritage. That's basically Tawaka's story that gets us to present day, to what you can buy on the shelf now. So what about cocktails? How do you drink Tawaka? What's it good for? Tawaka, honestly, is best served chilled and just straight. Or you can pour it over ice. I will admit that neat uh, room temperature, it's alright, but it really benefits from little ice in the glass. However, if you're going to mix Tuwaka, the vanilla is kind of the prominent note that you'll use in cocktails. The most famous cocktail recipe that will come up in searches is a hot apple pie. This is a very simple recipe that is just simply two ounces of Tuwaka and about half a cup of heated apple cider with some whipped cream and cinnamon garnish. And again, Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur is not intended to be a cocktail show, but I'll link to a couple of cocktail recipes in the show notes. So in summary, what do I think of Tuwaka? <laughs> I think it's a great addition to your liquor cabinet. And I have to thank my friend Tara for introducing it to me. It is quite good. I have been known to go through most of a bottle myself in a single sitting. However, not without any ill effects. So that's going to do it for episode 9 of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. The show is also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's where photos are posted, so please follow the show there. And if you've got a particular liquor or liqueur that you would like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please reach out. Also, I would always love to be corrected on my pronunciation of non-English words, so if I have ruined Italian, please let me know. And as always, thank you for listening.